0: Hey guys, it's Kyla, and I'm your host of That Christian Girl Podcast, a podcast that's devoted to inspiring and encouraging Christians of all walks of life to become their full godly potential. I hope you guys enjoy today's episode, and thank you so much for listening. Hey y'all, what's up? It's Kyla with That Christian Girl Podcast. And I am so excited for today's episode. It's our third and final part of our New Year's Reset series. And this one is going to be all about how to actually keep your New Year's resolutions. So before you listen to this episode, make sure to go listen to the first two episodes, especially part two of the series, which is making resolutions and reflecting on 2023, because part three, this part that you're listening to right now is building upon all of the things that we talked about. So I'm so excited for today's episodes and just a little pre- preface, preface, just a little thing before we start. Um, one thing that I run into with New Year's resolutions is that I always run out of motivation and don't achieve my goals so I give up within two to three weeks of writing down all my new year's resolutions and I feel like a lot of people struggle with this as well so I read Atomic Habits and I want to take that teaching into consideration as I go throughout this episode explaining what the author James Clear says in his book so you can better understand how to build habits that lace last and break the bad ones. So, last week, we talked about who you want to be in 2024. So, making the aspects of the best version of yourself and starting to think of yourself in that way. If you want to be cleaner, you need to stop thinking of yourself as a dirty person. You have to have the identity of being a clean person so that when you clean, you're not going against who you think you are deep down. But in the act of making your bed or cleaning up your room is just proving to yourself that you're a clean person. And this is taking, thinking of who you want to be. So for me, it might be being a cleaner person, having cleaner spaces. And instead of just being like, I want to clean up, I will clean up, I am stopping to, I am stopping thinking of myself as a dirty person and starting to think of myself as a person who has a clean room and has a clean area so that every time i clean every time i make my bed in the morning i am just implementing that idea and saying that i am a clean person with my actions so this is like a way shortened down version so make sure to listen to part two new year's resolutions and reset on how we can make New Year's resolutions and lay the groundwork of forming habits and the groundwork for this episode. So like I said a million times, go make sure to go listen to part two because that is going to be so helpful for this part because the first step of forming habits is to get a new self-image of yourself. So implement new ideas about yourself and stop thinking of yourself In The old ways that you thought of yourself. So stop thinking of yourself as a dirty person who doesn't have a clean room Start thinking of yourself as a clean person who has a clean room to achieve that clean room and keep on with that habit Okay, so we're gonna talk about habits are how habits are formed today and Talk about how we can make good habits and break bad ones. I think that's even what the book says That's what I think That's what the title says, Atomic Habits, How to Create Good Habits and Break Bad Ones. But what James Clear says is that there are four steps to build a habit. So there's the cue, the craving, the response, and the reward. So the cue triggers your brain to initiate a behavior. So this cue predicts the reward the behavior gets. The craving is the motivation for the habit. The craving is for the end reward and gives you motivation for the behavior. The response is the actual behavior or habit you perform and the reward is the end goal of every habit. What you get out of the behavior that you just performed. So you might see a chocolate cupcake on the counter. That's your cue. And you know, ooh, that's gonna taste sweet. So the craving is for that sweet thing. The craving is like the motivation to, gives you motivation because you're craving that sweet treat. Gives you motivation to take, to have the response of picking up the cupcake and eating it and then the reward is that you got to satisfy that sweet tooth and it was yummy. But to form a new habit, we need to go through all of these four steps. So we need to Get the cue, craving, response, and reward. And how do we use these steps to our advantage? James Clear has four steps to creating a new habit. So make it obvious, make it attractive, make it easy, and make it satisfying. So we are going to start with the first one, which is make it obvious, which goes along with the cue. So our brain picks up on cues subconsciously, which kicks us into the habit forming loop. Once these habits become automatic, we stop paying attention to what we're doing. So we might subconsciously pick up on the cue of the chocolate cupcake. And now every time we see a chocolate cupcake, we want to pick it up and eat it. And it's just subconscious. We don't even think, Ooh, chocolate cupcake. This is a bad analogy, but maybe we don't even think about it. Maybe we just see a chocolate cupcake and we immediately pick it up and eat it. So, you have to become aware of your behaviors before you can change them. Something that I have seen is, especially with the podcast, but even sometimes what people say, they're like, Oh, Kyla, you say this word a lot. And that makes me aware of the words that I say. So, One word that I say really funny funnily is dang. I say dang a lot. So somebody will be like blah 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 and I'll be like dang or be like dang that's a lot of chocolates or something. I don't know. I'll I say the word dang a lot sometimes when I don't know what to say. I'm pretty sure that's yeah I'm pretty sure that's what I say but somebody brought it up to me and it's made me start to realize that I say that word a lot. And then I think I started to change how I talk. And that's the same thing with my ums. I used to say um a lot and I became aware of it on this podcast. And now when I'm editing, I don't think I find any ums and that's just a funny thing because I was talking to another podcaster who I became pretty close friends with and we were laughing about how much we use those filler words but I feel like once I have gotten into this podcast more gotten a little bit more comfortable and stuff but also just that I think of it and it's subconsciously I've changed my behavior I've changed the way that I speak and I say less of the word um. So that's something we have to become aware of our behaviors before we can change them. So I had to become aware of the fact that I say um a lot to be able to change that habit into not saying um as much. And I didn't even realize I said um so much until I started this podcast and I was like, wow, I say that word a lot and I became aware of that behavior, and over time, I started changing that behavior. So James Clear suggests you make a habit scorecard where you go through your daily routine and think about each action you take. Write them down and score them according to how good they are for you. Bad, neutral, and good. And don't beat yourself up about the bad ones. Just look at it from an outside perspective and be like, huh, interesting. This may may not be the best habit. And then move on. So maybe for me, I could do my night routine. I could be like, I get home from work. I go eat dinner. I go downstairs. I get changed into my PJs. I go into the bathroom and brush my teeth. I wash my face. I go into my bed. I, what else do I do? I lay in bed for quite a while. And I don't think any of those things are bad things. So I could say getting home is just neutral. Eating dinner is a bad habit. (laughs) Not a bad habit that I eat dinner. It's a bad habit that I eat it after I get home from work. So I might score that as a bad habit And then try and eat dinner earlier before I go to work because I get home from work at like 9.30 and that's really be late to be eating. So that would be get the score of like a negative for bad. Then going downstairs is neutral because my bedroom's down there. Brushing my teeth and washing my face is a good habit. Going back into my bed and laying down is neutral. But sometimes, you know, it may depend. Sometimes I get distracted. You kind of just have to go through and be really honest with yourself. Be like, what do my nights actually look like? What do my mornings look like? What do my days look like? And then score them accordingly. And it helps you become aware of your behavior so you can change it. So the two most common cues are time and location. And we can create statements to pair a new habit with a specific time and location. So you can say, I will do this behavior at this time and this location. So if you want to go to the gym, I will work out at 6 p.m. at the gym that I go to. And making that statement of, I will do this at this time at this place helps influence new habits another great strategy you can use is habit stacking. So you can pair a new habit with a current habit. So after I do this current habit, I will do this new habit. So for me, I could say, after I get up and turn on my light, I will make my bed. Or after I get done Because I've started to brush my teeth in the morning to wake myself up. So I could say, after I brush my teeth in the morning, I will go into my bedroom and make my bed. (laughs) Small changes in context can lead to large changes in behavior over time. So make cues of good habits obvious in your environment. So if you want to drink more water or if you want to drink water first thing in the morning... Fill up a water bottle or you could fill up a few and place them around your house, like your nightstand, your kitchen, your office, your bathroom, etc. Wherever you want to drink water, place maybe a water cup or a water bottle around in those areas in your house. So if I want to drink water in the morning first thing when I get up, I need to fill up my water bottle before the night before and place it on my... nightstand so then when I wake up in the morning I get up and I drink water first thing because that will help that has a lot of health benefits and helps you wake up a little bit more so that's like a good habit to have I feel like that's something that I'm trying to get into and that's like something super easy that you can do and just a great a great example for this one so if you want to implement the behavior of drinking water first thing in the morning you would make it obvious by filling up a water bottle the night before and placing it right by, right on your nightstand right by where you sleep. It's easier to build new habits in a new environment because you are not fighting against old cues. You could section off your room and make designated areas for each activity. So something that has a lot of harms, which is a bad habit that I do, is doing my homework in my bed. But I should make designated areas for my homework. I feel so much more motivated when I go and I sit in my chair at my desk and I do homework. When I had to do this huge paper for my AP English, I decided, no, I'm not going to go lay in bed because then I'm going to feel motivated to go to sleep and I'm not going to feel as productive. So I set up my computer and my book and I finished that assignment at my desk so then I wasn't falling asleep in my bed and laying down and trying to do my homework. So make designated areas in your room for what you want to do. Say, I'm going to do all my homework at my desk because I know that I will probably end up being sleepy and lazy if I sit in my bed. So, how you can get rid of a bad habit is to make it invisible. So, spend time, less time in tempting situations. So, reduce exposure to the cue that causes your bad behavior. So, one example of this is don't buy the bag of candy at the grocery store. If you buy the bag of candy at the grocery store and you want to eat healthier and eat less candy, then you're going to have that cue once you get home of the bag of candy that's in your pantry to eat more candy. So don't buy the bag of candy at the grocery store to help with your goal of eating healthier because you won't be exposed to that cue of a big bag of candy. So This is known as self-control, but it's a short-term strategy. So instead of trying to exercise self-control in an environment with bad cues, change your environment to make the bad cues invisible and the good cues obvious. Instead of saying, oh no, I won't eat that candy, make that candy go away so you don't even have that cue of the candy and don't even have that cue of the sweet treat that you want, but you want to eat healthier. So that's it for making it obvious. So you want to make habits that you want to have obvious by changing your situation or even habit stacking. So after you do this one habit, I will do this new habit. And make a habit scorecard. So go through your daily routines, write down everything you do, and then rate those things with good, bad, and neutral. And this will make your behaviors make you aware of your behaviors so you can ultimately change them for the better so the second thing that you can do is to make it attractive and this goes along with the response part uh no the craving part of how habits are formed so the more Attractive an opportunity is, the more likely it is to become habit forming. So, habits are a dopamine driven feedback loop. When dopamine rises, so does our motivation to act, and it's the anticipation of a reward that gets us to take action. So, you can pair an action you want to do with an action you need to do. So, you can habit stack with this too. So after you do a current habit, you will do the habit that you need to do. And then after you do the habit that you need to do, you will do the habit that you want to do. So if you want to read the news but need to practice gratitude, you could say, after I make my morning coffee, which is your current habit, you will say three things you're grateful for which is the habit that you need to do. So after I say three things that I'm grateful for, habit that you need to do, I will read the news. Habit that you want to do. The culture. So we want to make the habit that we need to do more attractive by pairing it with something that we want to do. And you want to make sure that this isn't fighting against yourself. So don't say, oh, after I work out, I will go to a fast food restaurant because working out and being healthy, if you have the end goal to be a healthier person, you're going to fight against each other with working out but then eating a donut afterwards. So that's actually being counterproductive. So instead of being like let's work out and then go get a donut afterwards, you could be like let's go work out and then go get Uh, or make a protein smoothie afterwards. So something that you may like, which is like a protein smoothie, you want to say, oh, well, let me get this or buy this protein smoothie or make this protein smoothie for after I work out to motivate me to work out. Because actually some of the protein smoothies, the place my work and also the gym that I go to because I work at the gym, has this smoothie bar, and either you can get, I really like the Fairlife Milks, so they have really healthy, it's core power I think they're called, but I get the strawberry one with 46 grams of protein sometimes after I work out, and it's not too much money, and it's like a great motivator to work out, and then also makes me feel good after I work out. Another way that we can make it attractive is the culture that we surround ourselves with. So the culture that we surround ourselves with also can determine which behaviors we partake in. We do habits that are praised and approved by the people who surround us. So this means that if we surround ourselves, like in the Christian context, if we surround ourselves with good, strong Christians, then... Habits like Bible reading are going to be praised and be more attractive because the people that we surround ourselves with, the strong Christians, are going to be like, great job on Bible reading. Like, that's really good. You're growing closer. I see that you're growing closer to God with your Bible reading habit, and that will motivate you to read your Bible more. And this is where it gets kind of iffy because it's hard to be like, Bring Christianity into this and not make it all about people's approval. So, this is where we have to be really careful on where we walk with this. So, we don't want to just be reading our Bible for people's approval, but it can help motivate us if we surround ourselves with people who have a strong Bible reading habit, who are very strong in their faith. And it could motivate us to become stronger in our faith, either by reading our Bible, praying, being in Christian community, whatever it may be, because we are called to build each other up as Christians. So we want to be building each other up and building up those around us and encouraging each other. So like with Bible reading, with your friends, you could be like, I can we read our Bibles together and become accountability partners? And then every time they ask you, hey, have you read your Bible? You can be like, yeah, I do. Uh, Yeah, I did. Did you? And they can be like, yeah, I did. And then you can just encourage, encourage each other with that Bible reading saying, wow, we are reading our Bibles together. That is amazing. Like, look at us growing closer to the Lord. So, we also imitate the habits of those around us. That's why we can join groups where a desired behavior is the normal behavior. So, if you want to become more godly, go spend time around godly people. Go spend time with those godly women that are older than us. And I think this is very much a biblical concept because we're ta- it's talked about in Timothy um, and in so many other places in the Bible. But, One of the main ones that I can remember is listening to a few sermons for how to become a godly woman is one of the things that they talk about is discipleship and surrounding yourself with older women that, one, encourage you, two, keep you accountable, And three, stand as an example in your faith. And you want to imitate those people because you look up to them and you're surrounding them. So this is also where our circle comes in. Who are we surrounding ourselves with? Are we surrounding ourselves with people who we want to become like? Because we are going to become like the people that we, the closest five people that we are, surround ourselves with are the people that we are going to become the most like. So are we surrounding ourselves with people that we want to become like or are we surrounding ourselves with people that we don't want to become like? So surround yourself with people that we want to become like because we are going to become imitators. Just like kids imitate their parents or even younger sisters, younger siblings, imitate their older siblings, we are going to imitate the people that we surround ourselves with. So yeah, surround yourself with Christians. Go be in Christian community because that is going to make us imitate their habits. So join the groups where our desired behavior is the normal behavior. So join that Christian community where maybe reading your Bible every day is the normal behavior of everybody around you, and you will start imitate, imitating those people by reading your Bible every day because they read their Bible every day. And if we can get approval by doing a habit, we find it more attractive. So if we surround, moving on from the Bible point, if we surround ourselves with people who go to the gym and they are like, wow, good job going to the gym, and they give us approval for going to the gym, we find going to the gym more attractive. So how we get rid of bad habits is to make it unattractive. So if we are trying to get out of a bad habit, we should highlight the benefits of avoiding the bad habit to make it more unattractive or highlight the bad things that come with the bad habit to make it more unattractive. And you can create motivation for a habit by doing something you enjoy immediately before a difficult habit. So that's the main takeaway for this one is that one, we should be creating motivation for a habit by doing something we enjoy immediately before the difficult habit. So maybe going and getting a coffee right before we go and study. So let's go to a coffee shop and buy a coffee, which is something that you enjoy before you start working on this hard paper so you can get you have more motivation because you're like, well, if I go study at this coffee shop, then I'll get coffee. And that's something that I enjoy right before I do the difficult habit of doing my schoolwork. And then the second thing is to surround yourself with people that you want to be like. So get into that good Christian community where people that you want to imitate are all around. The good people, the people who have good godly habits surround yourself with those people because you'll become more like those people. And this doesn't even mean just in person. Follow those on social media too that have good godly habits, like that maybe post pictures of their Bible every morning. So then you are reminded and motivated, hey, they're reading their Bible. I should read my Bible too. Or follow those on social media that maybe share Jesus' content so then you are more filled with that every single day. Whatever it may be, make sure to be surrounding yourself with the people that you want to become like because that is the most important thing about our inner circle is we are going to start becoming like the people that we surround ourselves with. So we need to be surrounding ourselves with the people that we want to become like. Okay, so the fourth thing that he says to third thing sorry that he says to do is to make it easy so habit formation is the process by which a behavior becomes progressively more automatic through repetition the amount of time you have been performing a habit is not as important as the number of times you have performed it so he's saying that if you try and perform a habit 28 days for 28 days but you only do it Like once every week, like washing your sheets, that's not gonna form a habit. It would be doing it over and over and over and over that would form a habit. So we naturally gravitate towards the option that requires the least amount of work. We are lazy, that is our sin nature. We want to be lazy people, and usually, as those lazy people, we tend to go for the lazy option, not the harder option. So you want to create an environment where doing the right thing is as easy as possible. So when the friction is low, habits are easy. But when the friction is high, habits are difficult. So the more easy things that you, the easier you make it, the less friction you add to forming a new habit. The habits are going to ease be easy. And then the more hard you make a habit or the more friction you have with a certain habit, the harder it will be. So you need to prime your environment to make future actions easier. So many habits occur at decisive moments. Choices are like a f- that are like a fork in a road and either send you in the direction of a productive day or an unproductive one. So use the two minute rule. When you start a new habit, it should take less than two minutes to do. The more you ritualize the beginning of a process, it's more likely it becomes that you can slip into the process easier. So instead of saying read every night, you say read one page. Or run three miles turns into tie my running shoes. These actions then push you into action. So he tells a story about this one dancer that has been dancing for who knows how many years. And she, when asked how she goes to practice every single day and how she keeps up at her amazing habit of dance practice, she says, it all starts when I call the taxi. So her decisive moment is going outside and hailing a taxi it's not once she gets into the studio to start dancing she's already there the decisive moment is when she decides i'm gonna hail a taxi and tell the taxi to take me to the dance studio so that is she could choose to hail a taxi She could choose to hail a taxi, to not hail a taxi, but then she could also choose to tell the taxi to go to the dance studio, or to tell the taxi to go somewhere else. And those forks in the road send her either in the direction of a productive day or an unproductive one. So are you going to snooze your alarm because you're tired, or are you going to get up? That's like the tiniest little decision, but it affects your whole day. If you're going to snooze your alarm for 15 more minutes, then you have 15 less minutes to get ready and you're stressed. But if you get up with your first alarm, you are doing, you are having much better habits and you're going to have a much more productive morning. So how to break a bad habit? You make it difficult. So you make it very, very difficult to perform that habit. So he says to use a commitment device. So you could leave your wallet at home when you go to the gym so you can't stop at fast food on the way home. Or you could have an automated turn off time of your internet router so you're not up on your computer or TV all night. There are small little things that you can do to make this habit a little bit more difficult so then to make it so that... You don't do the habits as often. So you could put your phone in another room when you need work done. So then that habit of reaching for your phone and going on Instagram or TikTok or social media is removed. You know, when you go reach for your phone and it's not there, you're not going to go get up, go out of your room, walk to wherever your phone is in a completely different room and pick it up unless you're really, really wanting to go on your phone. (laughs) But if you're in the middle of studying, then that seems like too much work. That makes it so difficult. And the easiest thing to do is to just stay focused on your homework. So that is make it easy, which goes along with the response. So you want to make your habit as easy as possible. So setting out clothes and focusing on the small decision. You know, you're not going to put on entire running shoes and then just walk around the house in them. You're going to go outside and run. But the decision to put on entire running shoes is the decision that leads into the action of running. So that first little action can either propel you into a good habit or into a bad habit. So think of some things that you can do that take only two minutes to do. So whether that's warming up the water and putting water on your face for um, washing your face at night, or even opening up your Bible and reading one verse, that takes less than two minutes. And one verse is better than no verses. And once you form that one verse habit, well, maybe you'll want to read more. Maybe some days you'll just read more instead of just one verse and just keep on adding to that habit more and more and more. So he said like not instead of read every night, he said read one page every night, which takes less than two minutes. But that one page will turn into two pages, which will turn into five pages, which will turn into a chapter, which will turn into three chapters. And then next thing you know, you're reading a bunch every single day every single night and that little tiny action that you decided one day i will read a page every single day because it's something super easy so if you decide to take your bible and you're like i will read one verse every single day then that will make it so much easier for you to add on to that habit so the fourth and final tip is to make it satisfying and this goes along with the reward part of how habits are formed and this says that we are more likely to repeat a behavior when the experience is satisfying so when the end experience satisfies you and makes you happy and this is why we fall into bad habits they have immediate rewards we need to be finding ways to make the delayed rewards of good habits satisfying to keep us doing the action so this is why you may go for fast food instead of eating healthy, because you're not thinking five years down the road or 10 or 20 or 30, however many years down the road, the road you might regret eating all of that fast food because you're fat. No, you're just going to think, oh, it's yummy and it's quick and it's easy. But we want to figure out ways that we can make home cooked meals instead of fast food. Going to the gym instead of laying on your bed. Reading your Bible instead of going on your phone. Those those good habits that have delayed rewards, we need to make them satisfying so we keep it up. So one simple way that you can make things satisfying is using a habit tracker. Because you can see the little X by the day that you did the habit and see the progress you're making. And you want to keep the streak alive. So if you need a habit tracker, I actually made one for you guys. If you sign up for my newsletter, which I need to be working more on, that's one of my 2024 focuses this year, but my newsletter has a free downloadable. When you sign up, uh, you get a little intro email and a free downloadable that's a habit tracker and it's for habits. You... I think it's for a month. There's I'd have to look at it again, but I think there's a verse and then also like what God taught me like a little box just so then you can reflect on what God taught you through this habit and you can keep tracks track of your holy girl habits. So another thing that you want to do is to never miss twice. And I feel like this is where I fail a lot and where I see many people failing. So If you miss, like, one day Bible reading, sometimes I do this. I'll miss one day Bible reading. I'll be like, uh, I don't, I'll just do it tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes and I don't do it. And I miss not just once, but twice. And then I just fall into the rabbit hole, into the slippery slope of missing, keep on missing it over and over and over again because I miss. I had this mindset that, you know, if you fail once, oh, you're doomed. So, know that even if you fail once, keep on going. Even if one day your room is super duper messy and you just fall on your bed and you fall asleep right right away, don't let that happen tomorrow. Tomorrow, get up, clean your room, pick up the clothes, and then it'll make you feel so much less stressed. If... Today, you woke up late and you had to rush to work and you were so busy, you can read your Bible at night, but if you didn't get to your Bible reading, don't let it let it happen tomorrow. I feel like I also fall into this with waking up early too, because, you know, Monday, maybe I'll wake up really early and I'll be just fine, but then Tuesday, I sneeze my alarm. And then that cycle just keeps on repeating i snooze my alarm again on well wednesday i have the bible study so yeah i snooze my alarm and then i get up and rush to the bible study which is even earlier and then thursday i snooze it friday i snooze it and it's such a bad and slippery slope to fall down so never miss twice if you miss one day don't keep on missing Every day is a new opportunity. I saw this thing that was like, new year, new me? No. New year, new month, new week, new day, new hour, new minute, new second. All new opportunities for greatness. So I feel like we get so motivated in the new year to refresh and become the best versions of ourselves for the next year. But just remember that every single day, every single hour, every single minute, every single week is a new opportunity to do something great. Don't fall into the cycle missing something one day and then keep on missing it again. So now how to break a bad habit you make it unsatisfying so get an accountability partner and if it's a habit that means a lot to you you can make a contract with them making a cost of inaction giving social cost to any behavior you skip or repeat depending on your end goal so if you're trying to go to the gym more you would make a little contract with your accountability partner or if you're trying to stop eating out you make a contract with your accountability partner, so every time you eat out, you get uh, eh, 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 like a red mark or whatever. Whatever, you have to pay the cost of what it means. So, one example of this is, if you want to make a plan to eat healthier meals, but end up going to get fast food all the time, you could get an accountability partner who asks you if you ate out every single day. If you did eat out, you have to Venmo them five dollars as a quote-unquote punishment. And I think this is great for a lot of habits. The one problem that I run into with this is Bible reading. So we should find an accountability partner, but I feel like if we have punishment or whatever for missing our Bible reading, we are not going to be wanting to read our bible well no we're going to want to read our bible but not for the right reasons we're going to be reading our bible because we don't want to get in trouble with our accountability partner and we don't want to pay the punishment so i think this is where we walk the fine line i think if you get an accountability partner for reading your bible they should just be for accountability and motivation and encouragement they shouldn't be like oh you missed your bible reading better give me 5 bucks you know because then you're just you won't want to you won't want to miss it but you're not wanting to miss it for the wrong reasons if that makes sense so that's the one problem with this one if you're trying to get an accountab- accountability partner for your bible reading i would not say yeah let's make a clause where i Venmo you $5 every time I miss reading my Bible because I feel like then you're falling into a trap of reading the Bible for the wrong reasons. But it all kind of depends on your own personal discernment. That's what I feel like because our Bible reading should not be just a check in the box. And with the habit tracker, I feel like if you write down Bible reading, I think that's great. I think that's great if you want to have that habit because sometimes it's you read your Bible and you don't get an immediate reward and sometimes it's hard to get a Bible. But your motivation for reading the Bible should be to grow closer to God, not to check off a box. So you really have to keep yourself in check, especially with like the holy girl habits, especially with reading your Bible, that we just make sure we don't We aren't just doing it to check off a box and we truly want to be in the Word. And if it's becoming something where you're just like, let's read my Bible and not really care about it just so then I can fill in a little bubble or check off the box for my habit tracker, I would say probably take a break from the habit tracker and just pray. Like, surrender that to God. Be like, dear Lord... I've realized that Bible reading has just been something that I'm checking off of a to-do list. Please give me, encourage me, and give me motivation to be reading my Bible every single day. And if you ask that, He will give you motivation because He wants you to grow closer to Him. And one of the main ways that you can grow closer to God is reading His Word and learning about Him. So yeah, that's my only, like, last-minute thing, if you kind of call it that, if that makes sense. Um, But I also have one little last insert that isn't in the plan, but I realized today listening to a few different podcasts and just thinking about it, about the whole identity thing that I was talking about in part two and then in the beginning of this episode. So when I say make it part of your identity, I don't mean Put your worth in the fact that you're a clean person or that you're a person strong in their faith don't place your worth in that place your worth in Jesus because our worth comes from Jesus not from whatever habits we may have what I mean is making it a part of who you see yourself what you see yourself as so usually Identity is a very broad term, so that's just what James Clear used, and I said self-image sometimes, but how do you see yourself, and changing how you see yourself, so maybe you see yourself as a dirty person right now, but you want to change change your mindset, and start seeing yourself as a clean person if you want to have good, clean habits, if you want to go to the gym, but you just keep on being lazy because you like to be comfortable and you don't want you value comfort over hard work, then you should start seeing yourself as somebody who values hard work over comfort. And that will help fuel your goals and stuff. So just wanted to say that, like our identity i even did a whole podcast episode about identity our identity should not be found in how much we can lift at the lift at the gym or how many times we go to the gym or the fact that we're a clean person because we're putting our identity in the wrong things our identity should be found in jesus our lord and savior because he is the one who gives us worth and he is the one who gives us life and all of these amazing things that we wouldn't have without him so what I meant by identity is changing the way that we look at ourselves changing the way that we look at who we are and identity is kind of who we are but it also is what gives us worth so we shouldn't be like giving making this new self-image what the main thing that gives us worth we should make it make God what gives us the most worth but we should also be trying to change the way that we see ourselves to really implement good habits so a little side tangent there but overall I hope you enjoyed today's episode and the new year reset series as a whole and I challenge each and every one of you to take what you've learned today to implement to your own habits this year. And make sure to follow the show because I'm going to be doing a lot these upcoming weeks about routines, tips on getting into a gym habit, etc. So again, thank you for listening. I can't wait for what God has in store for this podcast in 2024. I'm really excited to share this with you guys and thank you so much for listening. Okay, love you all. Bye! Thank you for listening to the end. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And make sure to go follow me on Instagram at thatchristiangirl.podcast, or you could email me at thatchristiangirl.podcast1 at gmail.com. Make sure you follow and rate the show because that really helps me out. And thank you so much for listening, and I hope to see you in the next one.